Today, we explore the top two horrifying death factories. Our first stop takes us to a remote ranch in Matamoros, Mexico, where a young American man disappeared without a trace. In their search, investigators found evidence of a horrifying cult, voodoo, and numerous body parts. Number two is even darker and involves a rundown building in a Nigerian forest. Now known as the Ibadan Forest of Horror, this area was used to kidnap victims, perform black magic, and even sell their body parts on the black market. This episode is a dark one, so viewer discretion is advised. Every week, we count down the top two true crimes or dark stories from around the world. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to catch the latest episode each week. Now join us as we count down the top two horrifying death factories in the world. Number one. Matamoros is a city in the Mexican state of Tamaulipas. It's considered one of the country's most dangerous cities and it's constantly caught in the crossfire between warring cartels. Mexico, at least 10 people are dead and nine others wounded after gunmen ambushed a group of drivers at a road race event. Tamaulipas itself is among the six states where the U.S. State Department strongly urges Americans to reconsider traveling. Ironically, thousands of Americans flock to Matamoros for healthcare needs. The city offers more affordable medical procedures and prescription medicines than its Texas counterparts. Students also cross the border for cheap partying and fun, despite the constant dangers residents and visitors face, ranging from roadblocks and turf wars to carjackings and kidnappings. The four Americans who were attacked and kidnapped, we are now... Americans kidnapped after driving across the border from Texas into Mexico. However, this merely scratches the surface of what this city had to hide. As it turned out, this city was home to a ranch that was ran by a satanic cult that used it as their own death factory. Enter Mark Kilroy a promising 21-year-old University of Texas student and high school valedictorian. Versatile athlete, excelling in basketball, golf, and baseball, Kilroy secured a basketball scholarship in college. He was also devoted to his Catholic faith and dedicated time to the Boy Scouts of America. In the spring of 1989, Kilroy and his high school friends, like countless college students, embarked on a journey to South Padre Island that sits right across the border from Matamoros. Little did they know, their night of fun would turn into a trip from hell. On March 13th, the boys decided to switch things up from their normal bar and check out a new one their friends had raved about, Los Sombreros. With its enticing bright neon lights and upbeat atmosphere, it seemed like the perfect place for a night out. After hours of partying and enjoying some drinks, the group was ready to call it a night and head back to the hotel. It was well past midnight when they left, and as they stepped into the night and began to walk down the dimly lit streets, they realized Mark was nowhere to be seen. Just moments earlier, he was leaning against a car, conversing with an unknown woman. Minutes later, he vanished into the night. 
Despite them all being intoxicated, they couldn't leave Mark behind. Frantically, they searched for hours, hoping to find him and get safely back to the hotel. They retraced their steps and looked all around the bar with no luck. Eventually, they reluctantly left, assuming he had taken another cab. The following morning, panic set in as Kilroy still failed to make it back. It was then that the harsh reality hit them. It wasn't like Mark to go this long without checking in. With growing concern, the boys reported their friend missing, setting off a massive search by both US and Mexican authorities. Desperation escalated as Kilroy's family joined the effort, offering a $5,000 reward for any information about his whereabouts. Days later, that amount skyrocketed to $15,000 as the family grew desperate. The case even went on to be featured on the TV show America's Most Wanted. We kind of got separated and Billy kind of left Mark behind. We all came back to look for Mark and he was missing. Fast forward three weeks later and the authorities finally caught a break in the case. On April 1st, Serafin Hernandez Garcia, a known cult member, found himself on the run from the police following a drug smuggling incident. And believe it or not, it was all part of a carefully orchestrated plan. Inside sources had tipped off the police that Garcia might be connected to Kilroy's disappearance. Rather than apprehend him immediately, they opted to tail him. This decision led them to the Santa Elena Ranch just outside Matamoros, where they stumbled upon something unimaginable. The police had unearthed a cult responsible for the abduction and gruesome killings of numerous individuals over the past few months. The ominous leader of this cult was none other than 27-year-old Adolfo Costanzo, infamously known as the Godfather. Costanzo, a serial killer, drug dealer, and practitioner of voodoo, believed that human sacrifices enhanced his drug trafficking operation. His notoriety had reached such heights that Mexican movie stars, famous musicians, and other prominent figures sought him out for cleansing rituals. The followers, under his sinister directives, specifically targeted white men for these sacrificial rituals. On the fateful night of Kilroy's disappearance, members of this chilling cult seamlessly blended into the student-filled atmosphere of the bar. One of them enticed Kilroy away from his friends and then forced him into a waiting van. Despite initially breaking free from the van, Kilroy was recaptured by the cult members and bound to further prevent escape. The men then drove him to Santa Elena Ranch, where they kept him alive for 12 agonizing hours. Under the brutal direction of Costanzo, that night became a living nightmare for Kilroy. The cult's gruesome acts included torture, sodomy, and ultimately, his brutal murder with a machete. Adding to the horror, Costanza extracted Kilroy's brain and then boiled it, a grotesque ritual and practice of his dark magic. The cult members believed that it granted him special powers and gave the leader heightened intelligence. Mark's legs were also completely severed and a wire inserted into his spine for the easy removal of bones once decomposition set in. These bones also had a macabre purpose 
and were used by the cult members to provide protection against injury and danger. But the horror didn't stop there. As the police delved deeper, they found that Kilroy wasn't the only victim. By April 11, 1989, authorities had unearthed 15 bodies, primarily belonging to men from rival drug groups, along with Kilroy and a few others who were tragically victims. These bodies had also showed signs of terrible rituals being performed. Costanzo and his cult members that weren't present at the ranch at the time immediately fled to Mexico City. A futile escape as the government launched an international manhunt. And on May 6th, authorities traced Costanzo to an apartment where he was hiding with the other cult members. In a desperate bid to evade capture, Costanzo opened fire on the police, leading to a standoff. Realizing the inevitable, Costanzo instructed his right-hand man Alvaro de Leon to end his life. When the police entered the room, Costanzo was already dead. Alvaro's arrest provided crucial assistance to the police in their investigation, and by 1993, 14 cult members faced justice for crimes ranging from drug trafficking to murder. Co-leader Sara Aldrete received a 60-year prison sentence, and if she ever walks free, American authorities plan to prosecute her for Mark Kilroy's murder and the myriad of horrors committed within the death factory on the ranch. I'm sorry. I'm, I, if I wouldn't know that it was like this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in. Number two. This next death factory was hidden from the world for nearly a decade in a Nigerian forest. Also known as the Soka Forest, the Ibadan Forest of Horror hides within the dense brush of Ibadan, Nigeria. Nestled in this remote village is an eerie abandoned building, once repurposed as a haven for the mentally ill. It wasn't uncommon to witness mentally ill individuals aimlessly wandering along the highway in this region, deprived of medical attention. However, a shift in governmental power marked the beginning of a change. The new administration vowed to move these individuals from the streets. The Ministry of Environment utilized a commercial bus to gather the mentally ill and relocate them to a structure in Soka Forest. As the years passed, the government's project ended and the building fell into abandonment. Given the building's remote location, local ritualists then seized the opportunity to convert it into a human body part marketplace. Soon, Villagers started disappearing without a trace. Their families searched everywhere, but eventually gave up hope. These ritualists would use various tactics and lure the unsuspecting victims to the dilapidated building. Meanwhile, locals close to the forest observed strange movements and happenings in the area, but were consistently told that the building still housed mentally ill people. The concerned villagers even made secret reports to the police but their pleas fell on deaf ears. Law enforcement reassured them that the location was for treating the mentally ill and refused to investigate. Others distanced themselves from the matter, arguing that the city didn't fall within their jurisdiction. The ritualists would soon make a critical error when they targeted one of the area's many motorcycle taxi drivers, commonly known as Okadas. On March 22, 2014, an Okada rider named Kazim was transporting a passenger when he received multiple phone calls. 
caller was so persistent that he eventually had to pull over and answer his phone. The man on the other end was acting erratic and asked Kazim to come quickly to an area of the Soka forest to pick him up. Kazim agreed, dropped off his current passenger, and proceeded on his way to pick up this strange erratic caller. Little did Kazim know, this would all be a setup orchestrated by these ritualists. When he arrived at the remote area, he was quickly abducted and taken into a dilapidated building. The kidnappers then took all his belongings and locked him up with other victims. Kazim managed to hide his cell phone and frantically began calling and texting his friends. He described the horrifying scene of death and torture in the building as he begged for rescue. He was able to briefly describe the path to where he was in hopes that the others would find him. Regrettably, hope dwindled as Kazim's phone abruptly went silent, cutting off all means of contact. His friends desperately tried to call him back, but would never see or hear from him again. They then rallied together with other Okadas and villagers and headed to the Soka Forest in search of their missing friend. Armed with little information about the location, a diverse group of families, friends, and colleagues all ventured into the dense brush of the Soka Forest. Among them, families of other missing persons joined the rescue team, including Kahende, who shared a heart-wrenching story of his father, Isaac, who vanished on December 31st, 2013. Many others would also share eerily similar stories of their loved ones going missing without a trace. The group marched on deeper into the forest and soon began to hear strange noises coming from the trees. As the group neared the area, the ritualists began to flee, leaving behind evidence of their horrendous acts. They soon entered a dilapidated old warehouse where they made a chilling discovery. Within the building lay more than 20 decomposing bodies, while 23 others miraculously were rescued alive. These survivors, subjected to months of starvation, shared horrifying stories of their captivity. Among them, a woman recounted a heart-wrenching story she claimed to have given birth just two days prior, only to have her newborn baby snatched and sold by her captors. Another survivor, who opted to remain unnamed, spoke of his nightmare beginning innocently enough when he boarded a commercial bus bound for Ogun State, Nigeria. What initially seemed like an ordinary journey quickly turned into a horrifying nightmare. Within minutes, the driver pulled out a weapon, ordering passengers to surrender their valuables. The nightmare only got worse as the driver steered the bus past its intended destination and into the dense forest. There, he commanded passengers to disrobe and shave their hair. The driver then promptly killed one of the passengers right in front of them, a demonstration of what was to come. The horrible area in this forest spanned over nine miles, a haunting landscape strewn with decomposing bodies, skulls, and human body parts. Within the warehouse, various tanks and containers hinted at a sinister purpose, believed to be used by the ritualists to dispose of the many other bodies. The horrors within this factory of death were beyond imagination. Some unfortunate souls were mercilessly slaughtered, their body parts taken and sold on the black market for interested buyers. Shockingly, politicians and affluent individuals from across the country were rumored to be among the clientele. 
parking their vehicles by the roadside before venturing into the forest to finalize their gruesome transactions. Personal effects were also strewn across the building. Clothes, driver's license, and passports told the grim stories of the victims. As news of the horrors within the Soka Forest went viral, enraged residents spilled into the streets and rioted. It's widely believed that the government had a hand in these horrible events and that they turned a blind eye to the tragedy due to the lucrative nature of the human black market. Well, that's gonna do it for today's episode. These were two of the top horrifying death factories from around the world. Feel free to leave your comments below and subscribe if you'd like to see more content like this. This is Josh, and thank you for watching Bizarre Legends.